Welcome to Wild Tater, the food forest podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite food forest plants, and that is the Saskatoon service berry. Now, we've mentioned other service berries in the past, and we'll talk a little bit more in detail about some of the differences between them, but uh, I can tell you guys, if you haven't tried service berry, it's just worth it. It's... it's fabulous, fabulous uh, food forest berry. Okay, Saskatoon service berry botanical name is Ameliancare alnifolia, and it is a shrub layer. It lives in zones, uh, cold hardiness zones 2 to 7, which means it can withstand cold to negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit. You might say a must-have for those really cold climates. Soil pH preference is 6.0 to 8.0. Nice wide range there, especially in my western region of the Rocky Mountains where alkaline soil can be common. Very, uh, It actually grows wild in the mountains up here. It's one of the service berry does, Utah service berry specifically, but uh, um, this close relative uh, grows in the same kind of setting. Its watering needs are low to medium and like other uh, such plants that is once it is established so it may need a little bit more to get established to get its roots deep enough to kind of penetrate the natural soil as it uh, naturally grows but it's it's rather drought tolerant it's um, though it won't you know it doesn't like it over a long period of time. It is one that will go summer dormant or heat dormant. Uh, I believe the technical term is drought deciduous. It, uh, what it does is, is if it gets really dry, it will drop its leaves and act, you know, it'll start acting like fall. It'll drop its leaves. This may be early July, you know, so um, you're thinking, oh no, my tree is dead, whatever. But as soon as that water comes back, it will put more Uh, new leaves back on and uh, work hard until fall at which time it will get some nice beautiful pink and red leaves and then you know of course go dormant for the winter but um, that's something to keep in mind with service berries so you didn't kill your tree if it got a little dry and and it drops its leaves and looks like it's dead it's probably just drought deciduous or heat deciduous something like that so Um, Just give it time, give it water, and it should come back just fine. Its blooming season is early to mid-spring. And don't let those early flowers frighten you, even though you know a frost is coming. I have had hardcore frosts come right when my service berry was beautifully arrayed with lovely blossoms, and I was sure that I'd have no fruit. But they came just the same. They didn't seem to mind the cold much at all. Um, Their harvest season is early to midsummer. And remember, anything that is a berry size is likely to ripen faster than larger things like apples and pears and things like that. So these being the um, marble size that they are, they tend to, you know, like I said, ripen early summer, sometimes midsummer. You can expect them to fruit somewhere between three and five years old. Um, their average mature yield, once they grow to full size, 
they will grow five to ten pounds of berries. And unlike many other plants in the uh, Rosaceae family that it is in, um, it doesn't need a pollinator. It will grow uh, surface berries on its own. It's self-fertile. But of course, as with every other uh, plant that does that, they will grow even more uh, if there are more service berries. But you don't have to be particular about uh, variety, things like that, with the Saskatoon service berry. Their size at maturity is 6 to 15 feet tall and 6 to 8 feet wide, which is 1.8 to 5, 4.5 by 1.8 to 2.5 meters. So this uh, makes it one of the smallest, if not the smallest, of the service berry genus and can therefore be grown as a hedge or, you know, something, a, a bush row. You could have quite a bit of berries out of a nice, you know, yard edge of service berries, which will look gorgeous when they blossom in the spring. Anyway, they prefer full sun, but they do okay in shade also, especially if it is just a part shade. But remember, uh, trees of this type tend to fruit better in full sun. So, you know, if you've got, maybe if you've got it growing in an herb garden or something, that may help it to get those couple, three years of, uh, of height, um, a little bit of protection and shade and so forth as they're growing. And then once they're three years old, they will have the height to be able to start growing fruit. And at that point, they will be able to reach the sun just fine and, uh, and be able to grow you lots of service berry fruit. They prefer open forests. Their, um, their natural habitat is in the mountains. I know up in, in these mountains, I've seen them near stream beds. They also will grow in open prairies um, and dry mountain slopes. They are genuinely a forest plant, you might say. Their growth rate is medium, about a foot per year. Their natural reproductive rate is medium to low. They, they're really not aggressive spreaders. They will sometimes get uh, root sprouts, um, and sometimes they will uh, plant new uh, service berries by seed. But this is seldom enough and, and slow enough that that it's not the kind of tree that you're, or bush that you're going to have to worry about spreading out of control. It's just not likely to do that. It, uh, and, and if it does get some root sprouts in places you don't want them, just cut them out and put them somewhere where you'd like to see more. If you are interested in propagating them, getting more of them, um, probably the most common methods are either separating those root sprouts, like I mentioned, or taking hardwood or softwood cuttings, um, you know, and then and then you know strip most of the leaves off, other than just a few at the top maybe, and then dip them in rooting hormone if you are comfortable with doing that. Sometimes you can soak them a couple of days in some willow water, which is just a matter of chopping up willow branches, putting them in water uh, for a day, and then adding your uh, your 
serviceberry branches into the water. Let them sit for a few days to soak that in good. And then, after either using the rooting hormone or, or willow water or whatever, then sticking them directly into a, a pot of, they, they say rooting mix, which is just a, a way of saying potting soil um, that is, you know, especially kind to cuttings and so forth. You could use peat moss and perlite or, you know, vermiculite, something like that. I usually use two-thirds peat moss to one-third of, of either of those, perlite or, or vermiculite, and then just keep that soil moist, not, not wet, but moist. Um, you, you want to, some, some people will even put a bag or something to kind of maintain a little bit more humidity. You don't want it like dripping, sopping wet in there, but you want it nice and humid, maybe a nice haze in the morning and evening showing up against the edges of the bag and so forth. Um, and, and that will help it to root those, uh, those branches to root. It, it does tend to take a little while, but, uh, if it starts growing leaves, you know, if, if a couple of weeks have gone by and then, you know, some time from, of them just sitting there and then they start to grow leaves, good chance that they're getting roots. It doesn't mean that they're well-established roots yet, but uh, give them plenty of time. And, and, uh, and once you feel like checking on them, you can kind of pop them out like you would a planting, you know, planting a, a potted plant. And if you can see roots all over the edge, then you know that it's got the roots that it needs to continue. If not, give it a little more time. And, and uh, anyway, their average lifespan is 60 years, which is actually a little bit longer than other serviceberry varieties, which is kind of interesting and slightly unusual for uh, trees. Usually the bigger species uh, tend to live longer. It's obviously not always the case, but there's something about some of these smaller species that sometimes helps them live longer. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but in comparison to other service berries, it tends to live an average of 15, 10 to 15 years longer than other ones. Now we've mentioned that uh, the Saskatoon service berry, because of its size, may have really good potential as an edible border fence. Um, you could plant every three to six feet, and but what you want to keep in mind is that deer do like to eat the leaves and branches, and of course birds will eat the berries, so it's not like it's a good deer hedge necessarily, but uh, it certainly could be a privacy hedge, or if you have, it, have them just inside a fence or something, then that will keep deer from, you know, completely tearing them up. Once they're full size, the deer aren't likely to kill them because they are branching bush, not, not a lollipop tree that they can scrape away the outside of the tree and kill it like they do with some of the more, you know, lollipop shaped trees. But I also wanted to mention that these are a great pollinator species because, like I said, they tend to bloom very early in the season, which invite invites in all kinds of pollinators, bees and native bees, especially those native bees, because it's so early and the honeybees are still kind of waking up and, and you know, these early go-getters are out and about and looking for things to eat and you've got the service berry here. And so while they're at it, they'll come and fertilize the other uh, things that you've got, pollinate the other fruits and early uh, 
blossomers, if you will. And uh, so they are a great way to get uh, pollinators in. They are often bought, actually, for their ornamental value because of that big snowball puff that they become and, uh, and also for their beautiful leaves in the fall. Um, but really, I mean, those of us have, who have tasted the service berry, berry can tell you, get these for the berry. I mean, these, these have really good berries. And as I've mentioned about other service berry varieties, and there, it, there doesn't seem to be much difference in the flavor from what I can tell uh, between different uh, species of service berry within that service berry genus. They all seem to be pretty much the same kind of berries, but you'll have different uh, things that, that the different species stand out for. As I've mentioned, this is definitely the shorter species. It's also the longer lived species of the service berry community, if you will. Um, they also, I, you know, it's kind of hard to say because there's not a lot of data that's been uh, put out that I've seen, anyway, about uh, the level of berries per, you know, square foot in a service berry. But I gather the Saskatoon service berry tends to grow a little bit more dense of fruit on their small tree. It's, it's like they're trying to make up for the si the, their own size being smaller, so they're, you know, getting these uh, berries to grow more densely. I, I could be wrong about that. That just seems to be my own observation. But um, that also could be one of the reasons why the Saskatoon service berry is probably the most commonly seen in the commercial industry because they're, they're easy to harvest because they don't get terribly tall. A simple step stool would probably be as much as you'd need to be able to harvest from them. And also that, you know, dense berry growth. Um, the commercial companies that, that uh, grow them for their berries, the Saskatoon service berry is the most common. And um, sometimes that term Saskatoon is used interchangeably because it's referring to the berries, not the tree sometimes. Generally, it, Saskatoon refers to the Alnifolia species, which is what we're talking about today is the Alnifolia. Now, what do service berries taste like? All I can say is they taste like blueberries with just a little bit more sweetness, a little, just a touch more tartness, a little more sweetness, basically a little more flavor. But otherwise, they pretty much taste like blueberries. I call the service berry the um, blueberry that grows on trees. It just so happens that it produces this, this lovely fruit that looks and tastes like a, a reddish blueberry. And uh, eating them straight off the tree is fantastic. I have not yet been able to harvest enough to, for their cooking uses because my kids love them so much and I love them so much. We, and we don't have a lot of massive you know, trees. Most of them are quite small. But they don't take too long before they start growing fruit. I've got a little two and a half foot bush that grows a, a good crop of fruit already so you know it it'll take a couple three years to start growing if if they're growing from seed 
but um, but if you're growing them from the store, chances are within a year or two they should start growing uh, some fruit. Anyway, so imagine blueberries that grow on trees, and honestly, some people that have tasted both side by side, you know, bite a blueberry, bite a service berry. I've heard more people like the service berry better, and uh, I, maybe they're biased just because it's so cool that they grow on trees. I don't know, <laughs> but. Um, but they do have a little bit stronger flavor, which is is really nice. And even those service berries, usually when you mention a service berry, people are like, what's that? You know, they are popular enough and known enough that in the regions where they are popular and known, they're actually very well known and they they are very common in recipes and so forth. So if you just Google service berry recipes, you'll find all kinds of things. People uh, use them to make really good pies, muffins, pastries, tarts, syrups, and obviously the jams and jellies, you know, and on top of that, even if you're, if you're willing to adventure out, pretty much anything that you would do with blueberries, you can do with service berries. Um, they really are a known delicacy among those who have tried them. And, uh, and so you can just Google, you know, service berry recipes, you're going to get tons of options and because of that blueberry similarity i tell anybody who is in an area with more alkaline soil than what blueberries need because blueberries need a, a really acid soil compared to um, the average you know ph level in the united states in general and in the rocky mountains for sure uh, you need a really acidic soil for them. We're talking 4.5 to 5.5 um, soil acidity. And, um, and where you're talking 7.5 alkaline soil that the Rocky Mountains are in, um, it's really hard to grow blueberries without a lot of work. And service berries are a fabulous alternative to that. Just grow service berries. You get it, you give it some water and stuff for a year and so forth and, and just kind of help it get started and it, it'll take over from there. Not, not take over as in aggressively, but it, they'll take over the, their own maintenance there, which is one of the reasons they're such a good option for the food forest. Once, once you kind of get them started, they'll take it from there and they'll grow slowly but surely and they will give you that lovely blueberry-like fruit. So they are one that I highly, highly recommend. And with that, thank you again, all of you for listening.